We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D with the Cave Trolls. Hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. My name is Terry Smith. With me today I have Shar. Sharday, say hello. Hello. Lissa, do whatever you want because you're the best of us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you're wondering who we are or why we are, go listen to a different episode. We'll explain it there. What you need to know is the Cave Trolls podcast is the only podcast that brings you all of the D&D news. And sometimes we talk about tabletop RPGs in other senses. And that's why I said said that it's the only one. So if you're listening to another one, they're a fake. That's not the Cave Trolls podcast. I was about to ask, are we sure? I am 100% sure. 100% sure. There's no way that they're getting D&D news from any other source. Definitely not all the sources I list (laughs) when I get the D&D news. We're the only ones. So we're the only one. Okay. I, I need you to, and if you if you pretend to host another one, I need you to adjust cord- accordingly. Okay, like this is this <laughs> incorrect, inaccurate uh, facts, uh, alternative facts, as we say here in America. <laughs> Don't bring that. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's jump right into the news. This week, we have some interesting stuff. And I say this week because I know we recorded some other episodes that are going to post out of order. So if you hear us go, oh, hey, we're back. Let's discuss our lives or whatever in a future episode. That's because we were filling in on a week that didn't have a lot of news. Uh, But this week (laughs) does have a lot of news. So let's jump into it. Uh, And by jump into it, let me scroll up to find my outline. Because uh, <laughs> we're professional. I am such a professional. Uh, let me. Get, I can edit all of this out. You'll never know. Everyone will think I'm perfect. Um, wow. So we need a we need a name for now. We're going to call this the Games and Supplements Corner. Uh, but that sounds like we're trying to sell people vitamins, uh, and yeah. I don't think That's we're not. at that level yet. I'd like to get there sometimes. I would love to be. Um, no, I don't, I can't, can't even finish the joke. I was going to say the Alex Jones, but, uh, I can't even go through with it. So let's just, <laughs> let's just jump into it. So first up, uh, the new games and supplements we have out is Stand Up Hero. Uh, have either one of you heard, heard of the For the Queen, uh, tabletop RPG? No. No, neither of you? No. No. So it's it's more of a narrative storytelling game than an RPG aspect for some people. You have a deck of cards, you select your queen, and you have different prompts for storytelling that come up out of the deck for each individual queen. It's really cool. It's really fun to do. You can kind of do it GM-less, which is why I really like it. Um, but there's a new version of it. It's based on For the Queen. It's kind of, uh, edited on its own by Takuma Okada. Um, it's called Stand Up Hero, and I apologize if I pronounce that poorly. Uh, just remember I am from the Midwest, and we don't get our own names correctly. Uh, it's like a shonen tournament arc. Uh, like, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Hunter Hunter, My Hero Academia, the game. So it plays out as the final portion of that arc where instead of a queen, you have the big bad that you draw, and then you would draw different prompts for the different fights that happen in that final round. It's, uh, it's, It's a lot of fun. It's a really cool version of that game, and if you like any of those anime, sometimes trying to get them into a TTRPG is difficult because they're so specific. 
um, that this is a really good way to go. Well, this week we're playing the My Hero version of it, or this week we're playing Dragon Ball Z, and you can kind of create your own rules, and then you have the deck that you draw, and you base your villain off that. It's a really fun improv game. Do either one of you give a shit about For the Queen or Stand Up Hero? <laughs> I I think I am intrigued by your pitch of For the Queen in general. For the Queen's awesome. Um, we should play it. And I also am intrigued by a game that is um, GM-less because I'm always fascinated by games that are like that, and I've yet to play one. So oh, really? So I would like to try, yeah. Well, I, let me let me tell you, we can play For the Queen this week at our D&D game. Um, it's canon in the world, so we can play it there. And we can <laughs> also play Reflections sometime just through text, which is GM-less, and it's basically an improv you game. You can play with me? No. Include me? No. I, I, <laughs> so I'm getting a lot of European like feedback, it sounds like. I, uh, I, hear, I hear an accent that's not American. I think is uh, yeah. How I feel like, I feel like you're being very racist against. Um, it's xenophobic, actually. It's xenophobic. You're not inclusive. It's xenophobic. If let's if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna try to point out why I'm offensive, let's get it correct uh, <laughs> from the non-American speaker. Um, let, let, let's go back. Yeah, let, <laughs> is that really what you're gonna go with? Let's let's get back into describing how easy it is to buy a gun from Walmart, like we did in the pre-show. <laughs> let's just let's just get into there, so I can get off this high horse. Um, but yeah, actually, I would love to do that together. Maybe that could be something we do on like a bonus show too, because they're really quick. Oh yeah, you can play it with like under an hour. Ooh, that is fascinating. I don't know. I am never a short form person, so would I make it longer? Probably on accident. <laughs> That's what happens every time I play refle- Reflections, because it's meant to be like like 20 minutes per round type thing, and I have a Reflections story that I've been playing for like three and a half years, so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's the, the only one shot i ever tried to run with a co-dm we were like this is a one shot maybe a two shot it was five sessions long. <laughs> so um i i'm not good at short form stuff <laughs> just in any medium lissa is, how are you anyone knows anything about me we don't know anything about you lissa how are you with like <laughs> improv like i i know that you've you've now gm'd a few times and you you play uh, you know, you play a lot of D and D. When it comes to the improv, would you be able to not feel on the spot if we played it on the mic? Yeah, I can. I can try improv. I don't. I haven't done a whole lot of improv, but I feel like D and D has prepared me for doing a certain amount of improvisation. I don't know how good I am. <laughs> it's not the like, same I as like a UCB class, no, right? <laughs> there is no 100% guarantee that you will enjoy what you see <laughs> and or hear, but like... We should say that as a blanket statement for all of our stuff anyways. <laughs> exactly. As, as Lissa's DM, I can say she's good at improv. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You have, an, uh, you have a voucher now that you can uh, that you can put it down. We, you'd also use that as a green card, I believe. That's like, what you could have employment <laughs> here, you could be married, or you can be good at improv in D&D, and then you can get a green okay. card. Okay, okay. Don't come, cool, don't cool, come. Cool. There's so many guns. Don't come here, but you could <laughs> if you wanted to. Disclaimer. There's You'll also a lot of monkey box right now. Yeah, oh yeah, there's no rights for for anyone who identifies as a woman. So don't also remember that. Yeah. Or if you're born with a uterus as well, that's also uh, an iffy <laughs> subject. So just just know that. Take that into account as you're trying to get your improv green <laughs> we're card really here. We're really selling it real real good. <laughs> <laughs> don't come, like I don't know what else to tell you. Like just don't come here. Like I don't. I need to not sell it. Like don't don't do it. Like I'm trying to leave. Like don't come here. 
Anyways, on a better note, let's move on to the next one. (laughs) Uh, Battle Zoo Eldemon is a new supplement, and this is interesting for two parts. Partly because I fell into this gigantic uh, Digimon thread on our Twitter (laughs) last week, um, talking about, like, how to play Digimon D&D, because a fan from the podcast asked, uh... Uh, it was Dusky, I believe. Thank you very much for your questions and allowing me to rant at you on Twitter. So shout out to you. And I apologize once again for speaking that long. Um, but Battle Zoo Eldemon is a monster collector supplement, kind of like Pokemon, with some Digimon Splash. And it's for 5e and it has rules for the new Pathfinder 2e. Like it has both in there. So it could be used for either system, which is why it's notable. I thought that was really interesting. I haven't seen a lot. There's stuff that you can kind of tweak and add to make it work for Pathfinder or for 5e, but something that's being developed for both, I think, is fascinating. Um, do either one of you want to add Pokemon to any of your new games? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have 160 um... monsters that you can catch if you want to add <laughs> For a one shot, maybe <laughs> not for my campaign. But <laughs> listen, I've been, like... listen, I've I've tried to have so many pets in D anD D, but they just keep dying, and it is a personal because you don't know to how me. to take care of pets. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's not my fault Battle that you with don't. You pets keep is not pets. Battle with pets is not the thing in D anD D. I don't know how to. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, like it's just very difficult. So many pets. Instead of beast companions, do familiars. Familiars don't die. Or they they can come back to life after they die. So Mm. do that instead of a beast companion. I don't think any of Lissa's classes get familiar. Give her a familiar. Like, don't come at me with the (laughs) rules as written. Like, everything else you do is in there. Fucking A. Give her a familiar. What's wrong, Char? I will if she asks and um, if she compliments. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna die without a familiar. Yeah, you're not gonna get a familiar. That sounds like. Yeah. So exactly. um, let me That's read a little bit. I'm old age. I'll die of old age before I get a familiar. <laughs> not in the game. If you play an elf. That's true. Um, so this comes from Alex Mian over at Dicebreaker. Uh, Eldemon are ancient creatures that manifest in a variety of forms, some being more fearsome and powerful than others. As an additional class design for D&D or Pathfinder, player characters will be able to tame and command Eldemon. Some are able to train Eldemon, and it says mock battles, but let's be honest, you're going to have dogfights straight up. That's what Pokemon is. Um, before <laughs> employing them in full-on combat against serious threats. Other classes enable players to build a strong enough bond with an Eldemon to be able to use their abilities themselves, so kind of like channeling them in like some sort of spirit form, which is kind of cool. It kind of combines Pokemon and Digimon in there because uh, every time the battle ends, your uh, Eldemon returns to their like cute, adorable form, and when you go into battle, they turn into the big monster, so a la Digimon, like they digivolve into the bigger form, and as you level them up, they can get into bigger and bigger forms, again, similar to Digimon. Um, so that, I thought that was kind of cool, the returning to the cutesy form, which is one of my favorite things about Digimon. Is so you can just walk around with the cutie, like, plush thing on your shoulder, and then when you want to get into the fight, you have a ter- big, terrible dragon with big boobs and a giant <laughs> gun for some fucking reason. Uh, usually also angel wings and a badass, like, sunglasses. Uh, but that's a different conversation for another time. 
Uh, so I, I thought about uh, checking out Eldemon. I haven't bought it yet. I know it's very different than what I normally say, but it's because it's only on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it goes live August 27th. So go over there if you're interested. You can pledge. They're coming out with a hardcover, which is a thing that almost every Kickstarter is doing now, which is really cool. If you don't want a collection of PDFs like I have, get rid of that digital clutter. But go check out Eldemon. I'll put the link in the description. Um... Do we want to add Eldemon to our game, Char? If you do, um, I don't, I don't know how it'll go. <laughs> we could certainly try. Everyone already has like a pet, so I would just probably I implement some pet. of the rules they have. Yeah, I said everybody I almost like you know the people that matter have a pet. Um, <laughs> Literally yeah. everybody but me has a pet. We have a hellhound, not mine. We have uh, um. A, weird... a pseudo dragon, not mine. We have a monkey, not mine. <laughs> it is not just a monkey. It is like a spider monkey mixed with a predator. <laughs> it is like a just hisses a thing. And <laughs> we love her for that. I lo- like part like the hissing is funny, but it also just means I don't have the voice act. Another thing, which is uh, great for me because I'm terrible at doing voices. So like a thing that just makes a noise. So like if we were to introduce Eldemon and give them like the Pokemon persona where they just say their name. I'd be entertained by that, and I wouldn't have to make up a bunch of different voices. <laughs> Flash forward, Pika like, six weeks, again. I will have an Eldemon somehow. <laughs> it, it won't even be my choice. I'll just have one. We <laughs> need like, to, oh, we need to get you a pet, though. I think you're right. I feel like you're being left out. What would you be interested <laughs> in as a pet? Oh, man. I, what what I would be interested in would be different than what my character would be interested in, so I have to marry the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got you to gotta think I about think- that. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it, but my the first thing that comes to mind is a Pomeranian. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be adorable. <laughs> or like, um, like a, a little miniature Chihuahua. <laughs> oh, like that fits your character. A hand, handbag dog. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's what I was picturing. Like a little handbag dog. Yeah, no, exactly. A little hand. Ma- it has to fit into a handbag because she used to have the bag of holding and it was a Birkin. So it has to fit into the Birkin. You still have it. You just can't carry it because you're a ghost. I do. I gave it I gave it to somebody. I forgot. I forget. Somebody, somebody else is holding it. They're doing a bad job of it. Um, Lissa. <laughs> Not if, as good as me, obviously. <laughs> if you could get a familiar in your game, which you can't, what would it be? Fuck off, Terry. <laughs> no, listen, I'm just stating the facts here. They, I don't, I, listen, Lissa, if you played at my table, I would give you a familiar. Terry, where's the invite? Terry, where's the invite? We gotta get a digital game going to get that happening because, again, don't come to America. <laughs> you can include me digitally. At, but, like, at, at one digital person at the table while everybody else is there in real life, it sounds like that scene from The Dark Knight where <laughs> where they had their banker who is in China and like everybody else is getting beat up by the Joker like that just does not seem like a very like good way to play the game. We've I mean, you don't know. Before. Like I'm down. We've <laughs> yeah, we've done that before. We've done it before, and it's definitely different. And I feel like the person on the digital end usually gets the short end of the stick. Well, that's the, if I could get a good audio visual thing because. The way that I, because I've done it a few times too, the issue that I always ran into is the person that is dialing in um, was visible by all the other players and they could hear them okay, but the person who yeah. was dialing in couldn't hear shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've yeah. used, and I have some expensive ass like audio equipment, <laughs> but like it's still like, <laughs> a, a, there's so much crosstalk at a table. Like mm-hmm. if everybody dials in, it's fine, but it was just one person that's kind of, it's an iffy way to go about it. 
Plus, you, you can't see shit. Like, I'd have to have 15 cameras set up for you to see everybody at the table. <laughs> you have money, right? I have, you know me, that's the thing everyone get, listens to this show knows, is I have so much money. Yeah, you, you're rich. I mean, listen, I do fund a lot of our operations, but, like, it's uh, it's not an expensive operation, let's be honest. I, I you know, we have a Squarespace uh, end of list mm-hmm. of assets. <laughs> We're trying to expand. We but have goals. We have goals. Listen, our, our wonderful <laughs> patrons fund this entire operation. They are wonderful. They are also not rich. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> vis-a-vis, like if you were to follow that line, you know, the correlation there is also not rich. Um, I so feel like I feel like one of the priorities should become being inclusive to the person who is not in the United States and or oh. not American. I disagree wholeheartedly because listen, Excuse I don't know. You. I'd have to give you a familiar if you sat down at our table. It just sounds so hard to do. I just uh-huh. I know, right? Never give Lissa a familiar. <laughs> she can't keep it alive. I uh-huh. listen. If I had more time, Lissa, like I, I'm working on getting some of our other games up and running, but I just. Uh, started actually working in my field so the time is very minimal if i do start another game that is digital you will be the first invite before char definitely <gasps> thank you like and I that'll be the that. rule right now is if you're gonna invite char invite lissa first no yeah. no yeah. prioritize me <laughs> <laughs> over char day i don't care about anyone else yeah, yeah, yeah. Age before beauty and all that. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Anyways, let's move it on. Okay, so getting past Eldamon, let's go back to that outline that I have so meticulously made. The Fallen Few <laughs> is a biker gang supplement a la Sons of Anarchy for D&D 5e. I won't get into the nitty gritty because I don't have a lot to say on this one. If you want to add a biker gang to your D&D game, um, it's, it says it's using just the normal 5e rules as a supplement so if you're in like a modern setting maybe something close to the spire or i forget what it's called from dimension 20 fantasy high like something like that maybe um or if you're just playing like d20 modern but that's a different rule set so i'm not quite sure but if you want to add sons of anarchy like uh combat with motorcycle gangs and a hierarchy and different positions you can add that i'll put the link below the next one is interesting um, for a couple of different re- reasons. Have either one of you heard of the Legends of the Five Rings RPG? I have, I have, I have, I have. <laughs> oh my goodness, Ooh. this is the first time this has ever happened, I feel like. Uh, I am not. <laughs> I've been listening to the Asians represent. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I knew you were going to say it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you have to say about the Legends of the Five Rings game before we get into the news? I don't know. They they were very hesitant about it. So the setting From of Rakugan, um, it, it has both like very good representation and some awful representation. As most uh, Asian inspired, like the Oriental settings, as they call it, or like the like, uh, stuff that came from the Oriental adventures, which just sounds so icky to say, um, from D and D. So much of that, like, some of it is like, oh, we're celebrating this culture, and so much of it is appropriation or just straight-up offensive. And Rakugan yeah. is, uh, I, I wouldn't say an exception to that at all. It has some better representation from what I understand. I'm just a white dude, um, but I have done some research on it. I have played Legend of the Five Rings. It is an interesting game, um, and I and it has a lot of different 
facets to it. It's got a card game. It's got a couple of board games in the setting. And it's had many different versions of the RPG. So take that with what you will. There's a lot of caveats there. But there's a reason why they talked it on that podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would I would try it just so that I could be able to make my own interpretation of it. 100%, which is like, the reason yeah. why, like... I, I, I try not to, to, like, just shit on any game. It's difficult to create. There's going to be issues there. And it's every game is only as good as your GM and your players. Like, it, you yeah. can make something good out of it. And, like, we don't use a lot of the more offensive aspects of D&D. They're still problematic. They still exist. But you don't mm-hmm. see them as issues at our table because we don't use them. Or we change them and adapt them as we go along. You know, we change with the game and with the world. Um the setting of Rakugan is no different. It's gotten less offensive over time. They've gotten way more Asian representation when it comes to designing the game as well. So mm-hmm. each new version is a little bit better than the last. Does that mean that there's nothing in there? Probably not. Like there's still probably issues there. Um, the interesting yeah. part of this though, is that they're adapting the the rules and the setting to just straight up be a five E game now. So it's no longer going to have its own, you know, bespoke dice system and customized rule set it's gonna be a 5e supplement probably still its own technical system but based on the 5e rules and licenses so i i that's that's something that i wanted to bring up i had never seen that before the game that was its own that semi-successful people have played legend of the five rings it's not call cthulhu big but it's still like you know people play it and now they're just going well you know if you can't beat them join them it's now 5e that is that is the part I wanted to talk about. What do you two think of mm. adapting a game that was semi-successful to just now it's 5e? Um, I think I, I can't really speak on the mechanics because I'm not a game designer. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm. know. I don't know, like, the intricacies of adapting old systems to newer systems. But from, like, a marketing and, like, mass appeal standpoint, it it is kind of a smart move because 5e has been so successful. D&D 5e is like the benchmark tabletop role-playing game right now. It has the largest like fan base. So if you want your content to be seen by people in the tabletop role-playing community, making a 5e supplement and adapting it, it even adapting like a one that people already like and then bringing it to a huge audience like those who play 5e is a smart move i think from a marketing just standpoint and to get like the stories out there and to get the game out there i think is a smart move but mechanically i don't know if it would work because i can't speak to that but i think it's a good idea to get like to get the word out there yeah the exposure element of like more people playing your mm-hmm. game put it in a system that people play right like that makes sense yeah like i, I completely get what you're saying like if you want to expand the license because that's something that the rakugan setting has been good about like legend of the five rings has touched many different aspects of nerdum like i said the, the rpgs multiple editions different board games in the setting that have been successful fantasy flight has put out a card game as well that people like they it's expansive and if you want more people to care about that world to buy the other products put it in fifth edition because people give a shit about fifth edition right like it, that mm. makes sense mm uh lissa what about you what do you think about the transition i'm iffy like i get it from a marketing perspective but also i want to advocate like if you have a system that is 
made for the game itself and you're already like if, it, if it's like a working system for the game itself and it's different than any other game like that's its unique selling point that's its originality so why on the other hand why would you want to change it to another system because that's just more work why wouldn't you want to just focus on the system you do have elaborate on that and make that better is sort of where i'm coming from but that's because i i i always want to like focus on the unique things about games so that's where i'm coming from like it makes sense from a marketing perspective like oh bigger player base because they it's easier to access because they know how it works already right but that's just that's just like that's also almost making it into a monopoly of D the D D system which is not perfect in any way shape or form so why not try like something new which they supposedly had already i don't know how well it worked but if it was semi-successful then why not try to improve on that unless they found themselves in like a, a hole where they were like well we don't really know how to fix this or it wasn't working or something like that i can't speak to that what was going on behind the scenes but i would have hoped that they would focus on you know their system and honing that and making that better because again D, D is not a perfect system right and so like there's there's a couple of different minds of it so when it comes to the mechanics um different is good when it comes to having like a wide audience right like oh we can try different types of dice systems i play a lot of games with a lot of different dice systems however different for the sake of being different isn't always good right there are systems that i think in my opinion and a lot of people's opinions work better than others there's no objective yeah. right but yeah. there still is a subjective feeling of like hey i like rolling this d20 i don't like rolling d10 say right so yeah. there's there's that aspect of the dice system and then there is the aspect of it's different but we can make this system better or still just make a new system or mm. we can channel one that people already like that does work like what they mm -hmm. did for fifth edition so there there's both of those i i agree with both right like the setting is important and that's what they try to sell so they can sell all the other products so moving it to a system that just works better for a bigger player set makes sense you do lose a little bit of the you know the novelness of playing legends of the five rings because it's a different dice system when it's just oh, just yeah. a fifth, fifth edition you know supplement but it, the only seller isn't just like the dice system it is also the setting so it still makes sense i hate to see it just because i i did like the way that it played uh not as much so i'll admit that there but like it was cool that it was different and that's why i play a lot of different games partly to play different dice systems i would have liked to see them do something at least a little bit different kind of like what pathfinder did when they made 2e which was they didn't just copy fifth edition whole hog they did copy a lot of the elements that worked but then they, they created a lot of their own, like, their action economy is completely uh, different. Um, it's closer to how you play, like, you two would be familiar with um, uh, Larian Studios with their, uh, what's the name, uh, uh, Divinity, Original Sin 2. Um, like, you yeah. know how you have, like, your action mm -hmm. points that you can do per turn? Yeah. That's how mm -hmm. Pathfinder does it with their action economy. And it just works a lot better than, in my opinion, 5th Edition's initiative. Um so like you could you can iterate on it and make a similar version but still do your own thing and i think just what what we're seeing here is that they're prioritizing the setting and all of their different ip over the the game aspect so 
there's no right or wrong answer, but it is, it's both sad and intelligent, <laughs> right? Like it sucks to see another dice system go. I love seeing like so many different systems out there, but it, like Shar said, it makes sense if you want, like, from like a capitalistic view, like if you want people from to a play capital- your game. Oh God, did I take the capitalist? No, but like it's, you, didn't capitalist. Say that you, <laughs> you didn't no. say that you agreed with it, just that like it makes sense from that angle, which it does. Mm-hmm um like there's like one of my favorite systems the cortex system it's been it was the power behind one of the marvel role-playing games nobody played it because the the, the or i say nobody lots of people played it not nearly like D or something because the dice system was so radically different than D. like it just there was almost no through line other than the fact that you roll dice to do things and that was really hard for new players to come to if the only thing you had played was D&D. And the new Marvel system is bad, in my opinion. I don't like it. And it, it, bad is an ob- is not an objective opinion. It's subjective. People still spent a lot of time making the system. So it's no knock there. I don't like it. So I probably shouldn't say it's bad. I think it is bad because I don't enjoy playing it. And it is a lot closer to something like D&D. Um, but it still doesn't work very well. So... It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good or bad. It's just interesting. I just had never heard of a game going, you know what? We're not going to make our own. It's kind of like when Sega went out of business when it comes to making platforms. Like they, like the Sega Dreamcast flopped. So they're like, eh, we're just going to put our games on Nintendo shit now. And it's just so weird to see. Like they used to make their own system. They're like, eh, no one likes it. <laughs> Fuck this. I just, uh, it's one of the first times. So I thought that that was interesting. Any other thoughts before we move on to the next piece? No. All right. So, uh, <laughs> oh, not really. <laughs> if you're interested in reading that article, um, it's by Matt Jarvis. I'll link to it. It's on Dicebreaker. Most of the stories came this week from Dicebreaker. Nobody else is covering shit about D and D this week. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, next up, we have the Elden Ring RPG, and this has two interesting pieces of news that I did not know about. So, I want to talk about it. So, they're making a new Elden Ring RPG. I'm going to check it out. I, I I love Elden Ring. It's one of my favorite games this year. Uh, we've talked about the Dark Souls RPG that came out in the West that was a 5e-based game. It, supplement's probably the wrong word because they use some of their own rules, but it's mostly 5th edition. Um, we talked about how uh, the book was really bad. It had a bunch of like misprints and incorrect information and stuff, and they had to reprint, and they gave it away for free um you guys remember us talking about that yeah 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 Yeah. so important yeah 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 (laughs) so they're creating an elden ring rpg but the interesting part is it's not being made by the people who made the western dark souls rpg that was a fifth edition supplement apparently there was a japanese only release of a dark souls rpg its own system it was bespoke it was fully like made for dark souls it was its own game that we just didn't hear about really um, and that company is creating the Elden Rings RPG. Ooh. And this is getting a Western release. So I, this is fascinating to me. I didn't know there was another Dark Souls RPG. I need to hunt it down. I, my kanji is very bad and I don't know anybody else who really speaks Japanese or can read it. So I'm going to do my best to find a translation of it and see if I can muddle my way through it, but I'd love to try it. Um, mm. what do you think of this development? Do you think it's because Elden Ring just is so much bigger than Dark Souls was, even though Dark Souls was big? I probably, I think it's probably, yeah, marketing towards the, because, I mean, even if you didn't 
play video games, you knew what Elden Ring was because it was everywhere. It was everywhere. So I think it's it's capitalizing on that. And I, but it 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 would be kind of confusing though because that other game is coming out, so people might genuinely be confused and think they're either the same game or they're from the same company, which is yeah. interesting. I don't know if that's they want that to happen. <laughs> like they're like. Hmm, maybe people will think we're this other thing, or if they want to genuinely like stand on their own. But it's kind. The release dates are really similar too, so I don't know. It's yeah, an, it's I, an interesting it's, development. It's know. so it's so weird when like when I hear about an RPG because like a lot of uh, a lot of like tabletop RPGs are released like globally, and yeah. uh, especially in the Japanese market, they were they were kind of behind the times when it came to releasing games just purely for a Japanese audience like that wasn't mm-hmm. seen a lot uh it just wasn't uh an aspect of of like nerdum that a lot of companies focused on um tabletop RPGs it's funny because they were the fuel behind a lot of stuff like Final Fantasy but they didn't see that element of D&D becoming a gigantic thing so there weren't a lot of copycats or anything in Japan there were some but not in the same way it's proliferated here in the west so to hear that it was like a Japanese only release is really cool and just like see that there was two different games I I just so excited to compare the two. Um Lissa, do you give a shit about Elden Ring <laughs> and uh and or the Elden Ring RPG? It seems interesting. Like I've heard all of this hype about Elden Ring and I I kind of want to play it but then again I'm also not very good at um games with lots of high stakes and pressure which i feel like dark souls games are very yeah, high pressure yeah, and high souls, stakes. they get so they get I, high stakes yeah i i feel like i'm not the player who would be able to play this game would i watch somebody else play it as the video game yes would <laughs> i want to play is like i feel like maybe the tabletop rpg would be more accessible to me sure sure maybe yeah. so that i would see myself being more interested to play than the actual video game itself yeah i i mean i i've used some of the elements from dark souls in our games shark and note the last big dungeon that her party ran mm-hmm. through was I kind was so of confused. themed around it <laughs> yeah i feel, I feel really <laughs> bad because you were like the only person at the table you're like i know nothing about it and i sent well, you this me, video well, and you're like i'm not me and it. me and your wife <laughs> we were just kind of like look like we kind of knew but me and em just kind of looked at each other we're like mm-hmm but exactly to be fair, like, I explained now. a lot of that to her <laughs> after the fact. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was the pillow yeah. talk element that I could be like, hey, let me explain some of this stuff. And she's like, all right, that makes more sense. Whereas in me and you do not speak. I, we um, do not so have pillow talk. And we I'm don't have pillow like talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also just, like, not, like, not just pillow talk, but just talk about the game outside of the game that often mm-hmm. anyways enough to me explain like this is the inspiration behind this one mechanic you know like we talk about the game but not in that aspect where i'm like let me tell you where i got this idea for this item this one time (laughs) i mean you're more than welcome to i mean i'm a dm so i love hearing about that stuff fucking dm privilege conversation we We have a lot of those (laughs) but also like it's because like char doesn't it doesn't ruin the game if I go, hey, here's a slight spoiler if you want to play your character this way that might lead to a cool story element. And she goes, okay, yeah. and vice versa, right? Whereas in some people at the table, it might ruin their enjoyment a little bit if it's a little too spoilery mm-hmm. or if they know that we're going with this theme or something. 
So there's a little bit. It's DM privilege, but also it's like, hey, you you just you you're okay with seeing some of the puppetry and some of the strings being pulled, the man behind the curtain uh, type shit that some of the just, other players don't. It's I think it's also it's DM privilege, but also like. I think I've opened up a lot more with Lissa about the intricacies of my new campaign because I know her better now as a player mm-hmm. and I know what I can tell her. Right, right. And ask her without telling her too much of what I have planned. But I will, and I'm getting better with asking my players just in general, like, what do you need to have fun? <laughs> what? So help me plan yes. so that I don't plan a flop. Like, yeah. tell me what you think you or your character will really really like to see and i will do my best to incorporate that in the game i mean it's kind of breaking the fourth wall but D just breaks the fourth wall anyway yes but like it's it's yeah. keeping everybody on the same page it's like if you bring the players in to like the world building stuff or just a little bit behind the scenes depending on the players some players don't want to know anything and that's totally valid too but i'm but I'm know like, those I'm players right? the waters yeah yeah you you don't like a big twist like i learned like one of my favorite things in games is if you do surprise me if i sit down on the table and i don't know what's about to happen that's one of my favorite things but like we referenced some of the people at at our table my friend john uh john does not like being twisted like if he has expectations (laughs) of a certain thing and then it's not met like he is so disappointed that he doesn't have fun so if I want there to be a big twist and want him to enjoy it, I just don't set up expectations. Like, I don't mislead him at all. That's not a yeah. thing that he likes. And to a certain extent, sometimes I foreshadow more or I tell him, hey, there's going to be a twist that's going to lead to this type of play. So mm-hmm. he's a little bit more set up so he doesn't feel disappointed or misled or lied to. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's talking uh, in therapy about some of those things. But also, I also like, it's just fair. Right? He was honest and he was like, hey, I don't like that. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, no, it's and that's that's a good player. Like when you go to your DM and you say, "Hey, I don't think I enjoy this." It's not because you didn't do a good job. Always right. compliment sandwich first off because you're so fragile. Um, <laughs> say, you mean hey, Shardy I, is fragile? <laughs> I'm a cancer. Um, <laughs> compliment sandwich me. Uh, and <laughs> that sounded worse, but that's fine. It's, but not um, any any worse than us, like, referencing that we specifically don't have pillow talk. I don't think it can... Yeah, you know what? We just, we'll just lean into it. Or all the way back to, what was the, the, something of the juice box conversation from the earlier episodes, right? Like, we can never top that, so never feel no. like it can be as bad as that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, I've already forgot what I was saying. It's okay. Uh, tell... Compliment no, sandwich. Compliment, compliment you, sandwich. You say that you. Well, oh you don't yeah, like. no, yeah. When when players, yeah, when players come to the DM like message or talk to them after, and say, hey, I got what you were doing, and I appreciate that, but also I just think I don't like this aspect. And as long as you, you know, approach it with care and don't be an asshole about it, like everybody just wants to have fun. So it's it, it's it's for the betterment of the game if you have conversations like that. 100%. It's just a good move. In my communicate 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 damn it yeah yeah ah but anyways i think that's about it when it comes to the new games and supplements corner uh let us know mm. comments reviews twitter now that we're on twitter at k trolls pod right yep, yep. 
Yeah. Cave Trolls for the 100th fucking time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got an email. Like, I'm just picking out some of the people that emailed us, but one of the emails were like, well, so I was listening to the Cave Trolls podcast. I'm like, no, you weren't. I removed the Cave Trolls podcast from the internet. You were listening to the Cave Trolls podcast. They were very, very nice about it. But I was, I was just like, <laughs> I probably shouldn't fuck with the, the people that email us. If you want to e- email us, K- uh, no, it's not Cave Trolls. It's at campykillcreations at gmail.com. So go ahead and email us, and you can talk shit over there if you want. And compliment sandwich. We are fragile, apparently. <laughs> I am fragile. Shar is fragile, damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, next up, our last b- bit of news. The new trailer dropped for the D&D movie at Comic-Con. Watch it. It looks exciting. I'm super pumped about it. Some people are mad on the internet about the tone. I think like, I think a lot of people are describing it as like Guardians of the Galaxy, but D&D. And I think that's a pretty good way to describe it. That's also one of my favorite flavors for media when it comes to adapting something. It's like, you can't go wrong if it's a fun adventure. Uh, if yeah. you tried to make it a super serious thing, that could be awesome. But I think it's a lot easier to go wrong there. So See, I'm I excited for the I would have been disappointed if it was super serious. Like, I like the tone. I haven't seen any discourse on the tone from my end of Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I have seen discourse on the tiefling. And I have opinions on that. I have opinions on the <laughs> yeah, tiefling. The t- a lot of people are mad is, about yeah. the owl bear. Um, so let's get into it. Oh, have yeah, you watched the trailer? Mm-hmm. Let's give it like general like thoughts. Shar, what did you think of like the overall tone and did you dig tone, the trailer? Tone is fine. Tone is fine. I really liked I was looking specifically because I knew as soon as Chris Pine was announced he was gonna be a bard. I knew it in my soul. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am psychic. Um, also it's just really good casting in my opinion. Chris Pine is great. I Chris Pine is a bard is that's the thing that I think we all and knew like, in our heart of hearts. We all knew it. And like if you ha- and I mean I think it's just personally I don't think I would have seen it if he wasn't in Into the Woods. <laughs> and now he's just a bard. Did you like he Into the Woods? Great. Like as a side Fuck note? Fuck no. Okay, I was I was I was like I thought that I was love- terrible, but <laughs> I love the stage play. I have we could talk about it on the after show, but so I won't get too. I much think they wasted the cast. it to me. Yeah. That's how much she loves it. I have seen the stage play. Uh, no, no, no. So I love Into the Woods, the musical. Yeah. I hate Into the Woods, the Disney movie. Like I, they are two completely they just, separate things. One hundred percent. They just wasted such a good cast. Like when they announced the cast, they I was did. like, oh, this is gonna be awesome, and then that movie was bad. It was just they got the tone wrong. I don't think Meryl Streep was a good choice. Personally. I think she could have been, but the way that they directed it. Okay, we're just gonna get into, into the woods talk. Yeah, exactly. So we we'll, we'll save it. For, it but, yeah, we'll save but, it. For the I'm so sorry. I just was like, oh, we can talk about this. I like musicals. Uh. Yeah, I love musicals. My favorite thing. We'll talk about it later. But I, yeah. So I was specifically looking out in the trailer for the new D and D movie. How are they going to portray a bard? Because I love bards, and I am not a fan of when you just make a bard a slut you can play <laughs> bards who are sluts that's totally valid 100 percent. you want to do when that it's the only you have fun, trait, right but mm. yeah so when it's the only way that they're portrayed that's when i have a problem with it and i was really worried that the movie was just going to do that because it is such a like in like in community meme at this point yeah not that it's funny i don't think it's very funny but again i <laughs> i'm fragile um <laughs> so i I saw that they were making the bard a bit more complicated. They made the bard the leader of the group. Which yeah, I almost like the mastermind, like, rogue subclass yeah. kind of thing. I mm. liked that a lot. And, like, they showed him a little bit with a loot. I liked that. <laughs> um, I love Roger Jean-Paul. 
Paul? Is that his name? He's from Bridgerton. Yeah. Roger John something. He, as a paladin, great casting. The casting is phenomenal. Hugh Grant as a villain looks fucking rad. I'm I was so, so excited. excited that. that. That blew so me excited. away. The tone, amazing. If you've watched any of like the stuff from Comic-Con and Hugh Grant answering D&D questions, <laughs> it's the funniest thing you will ever see. It's I so recommend. Good. He, the he one... knows nothing about what he's in, and that's the best He part. doesn't, and it's amazing, and we, we stand. One of my... Um, the oh, sorry, the owlbear the owl bear stuff i don't give a shit about because it's 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 a 5e thing it's a 5e like if 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 you're gonna have fun have fun you can have a druid turn into an owl bear it's okay so in the trailer the druid turns into an owl bear and people think that's how she was using her beast shape is to turn into an owl bear when owl bear is technically a monstrosity and like that's fine opinion to have but also, she could have just been doing polymorph, too. You don't know. Could have been polymorph, People... could have been a potion. I've been DMing been for anything. over a decade now. Who gives a fuck, right? Yeah, like, who also gives a fuck? I, who the people who are throwing a fit a about that, and they're like, well, I wouldn't do that at my table. I'm like, I wouldn't play in your game. Right, like, cool. if I wanted to do that, like, I'd be like, that's dope. You could transform it. Like, honestly, like, listen, here's the thing, too. I wouldn't have even known that you couldn't. Like, I just, like, being completely honest, when no, people throw a fit, either. I was like... I haven't played a druid. I think, and I've... I, uh, like, you fought owl bears, and there are characters that have popped up who is an yeah. owlbear in our game, like, that you talk yeah. to, and our, our talk is a strong word, but, like, you communicate with an owlbear in the game. I wouldn't yeah. have known that one was a piece of was a monstrosity unless you referenced it to do more damage or something. Like, who knows that? Fuck it, that. It's... It looks like it's just a fun thing to have. Of course, they needed an owlbear in the movie. Having the druid go into an owlbear, I think, was just fun. The only thing that I have kind of, not really even a problem with, it's just, I think it's an odd choice, is how they have the tiefling look in the movie. Because they clearly have the biggest budget. If you've seen the dragons in that trailer. They look so good. Special effects. Even the, look the owl bear looked dope. Like that transformation, which transformations yeah, look, look bad really in movies. Like, but that you great. choose, you choose to cheap out on how you portray tieflings, which are such an iconic D and D race. Like yes, technically, technically, tieflings can be flesh toned. I understand this. It's in the book. Yeah, I don't know but if that's, that's cheap how... though. I don't know if it was. I think it was just like the, their interpretation for that character. No, no, no. I think it's lazy. No, because <laughs> it, it's hard. It's just like like speaking of someone who's like you, you know you you know you know too. You've done stage stuff. Makeup. It's just as hard to make somebody flesh tone as it is to make them red. Like that's not a mm, it, like any other yeah. color. Like you can do like honestly, painting sometimes is easier when you like it t- more time consuming. But to get an accurate flesh tone versus an accurate red, which what's an accurate red? It could just be fucking red. Like that's I, I think you could do that easier. I think there's more to that character. And I don't think it's laziness. I still think I didn't like the way it looked, but I I'm just saying like I don't know if it's necessarily lazy on their part. Yeah, we have it's we can only pass so much judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause because we haven't seen we haven't it, right? Seen the but movie. but like from first glance, because I wasn't sure what my problem with it was, because obviously you could play a tiefling, however, but I think Ginny D put it really good. She's a mutual on Twitter, okay, and she like. She put it really, really good when she said that I don't have a problem with how the tiefling looks. I just think it's lazy because there are so many other more like she's a cosplayer for context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As a cosplayer, she plays tieflings all the time and she like does the makeup and stuff all the time. And she's just like there's so many fun things you can do with that specific race and you chose not to. And then when you look at the party as a whole, 
they are very humanoid. Like you didn't choose any fun things to do. You don't have a lizard folk. You don't have a colorful tiefling. You don't have an Aarakocra. You don't have like, they're all very humanoid, yeah. which was, I don't know if that was for budgetary reasons. I don't know if that's just a choice that they, I don't know how they made that choice. Nobody can really say. I'm sure the movie, the movie looks really fun and I'm going to go see it, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. The one thing was like, why didn't you make the D and D party way more colorful? Because when I think yeah. D and D, how I know it, it's very saturated. It's colorful. It has many different cool races in it. But it, I mean, the movie looks it, very humanoid. Yeah, go ahead. It also depends on the world that they're in. Like, this might not be one of the worlds where there are that many races. Like, until you see the movie, this just mm-hmm. might be the world building. Like that there's a reason why she looks like that because the really colorful eccentric characters are on a different planet or on a different continent or they've been i don't know wiped out of existence and that's the whole plot of the movie i I it is forgotten i don't know like to to, um actually like like they, they have choices there and they have said this is canonical to forgotten realms like that's the setting they're using i i i guess like my big issue is the lazy as the term and not and boring like i think that boring, we're yeah, using them though. synonymously and I, I disagree with that because i think that the makeup there it's still difficult to do still hard to do and i don't think the writing was like and it's a white tiefling right unless maybe that like a story point but i doubt it right i i that's why yeah. i think i think boring is more the aspect um listen i want to jump into your thoughts before i go too far into it but when it comes to all of the humanoid stuff that you mentioned char i think it's a little bit of like the star trek um issue right like star trek is in a world with tons of different aliens but every cast we follow is mostly humans um and it's the hollywood relation right they're like a wolf it's a green ogre no one can relate to him like well that's not true but uh, yeah, that is the I old hollywood eye, right? as the tiefling because she's mostly human exactly right like you want to see that's why like uh when they adapt any sort of tokusatsu you know super sentai stuff for american audiences they're like well we gotta make sure you can see the face because how can you relate to a character of the mask i was like i don't know children of the 90s have been doing it um so yeah. like so, <laughs> so i disagree but there is that hollywood aspect they're like well, we gotta make sure everybody looks like somebody human so they can relate to it so there, there's wow. that there's also you got to think of the other side of it which is maybe like they they want representation that isn't just white people and if you turn any like if you just start changing all the minorities to aliens or you know you know fantastical races there's a little bit of an erasure when it comes to the audience oh yeah oh yeah for sure for sure i thought about that too right but, like the druid is from what we see a white woman. it's a white lady right so, right exactly so wasting any of their minorities like Rajay john paul is a mixed race person i believe another party member is also um oh, michelle yeah. rodriguez right so oh two i'm sorry two more yeah, yeah exactly yeah well and you have uh, actor, i don't know the name of justice smith oh yes okay yeah yeah so you have a bunch of poc people in this movie which again awesome i changed one of the white kids to a red tiefling damn it like it's not i feel like just put the white we already have it we have chris pine we're fucking fine (laughs) we're fine (laughs) just make the tiefling fun but 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 (laughs) also i will say that that there's there's probably more to it than that you know you have a younger actress when it comes to the tiefling makeup is hard 
and they have to sit there for a very long time. Like you think of like Zoe Zaldana, like hating how much makeup she had to wear when it came to Guardians of the Galaxy because she had to sit in the chair for like eight hours straight. You know, like there's there's some difficulty there when it comes to that that we have to be cognizant. If Lord of, of the Rings can do it. So I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying you have to have some empathy for the actress because it's a difficult thing to sit in that chair for that long. So there's, there's other caveats there. Um, also, I guess, are we sure she is a tiefling? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that was one thing I wanted yeah. to ask before we went too far. I, like, that, I that made the assumption. Yeah. I was like, Horns, tiefling. And I think I saw something I on looked, a poster. But Yeah, I looked into it because some people were saying, oh, she just looks like Keyleth from... Legend she does kind of look like Keyleth, but Keyleth is like, a different thing. And Keyleth has... <laughs> Well, Keyleth also has her antler, um, her antlers that she wears all the time. So people are like, oh, is it Keyleth? And the horns aren't real. But then I think in a press release, they um, named the character as a tiefling. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, it is a tiefling. Oh, but this is odd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also like all the people that were like, oh, they're just copying Keyleth. I was like, I think that just might be the one druid that you've seen. There's a, there's a, yeah. a Keyleth, like, if you look at just, like, her stat sheet, like, if you look at her character sheet, it's a very tropey character. The way that she's played is oh, yeah. not. The way that she's written is not. But if you just go off, like, her aesthetic, it's like, that's a lot of druids. Like, that's, she did not copyright that. <laughs> like, yeah. But a lot of people have only seen Critical Role stuff, so that's where they jump to. Oh, um, also, my last, my last point before I last ask for Alyssa's opinion, because I feel like I've been talking. <laughs> You're all good, man. <laughs> I want to know her opinions. Um, the last thing I, I read that Critical Role actually has a cameo in the movie. I know. I'm really excited about that. That's really cool. And smart. I'm so smart, excited. by the way. Super We want to get into smart. the capitalistic sense of it. We're talking about, like, so oh, get smart. 5B in there. That's you got smart. a whole, like, army of critters that are going to go. If they weren't going to see that movie already, they're obviously going to go <laughs> see it now. What a good move. All right, Lisa. What do you think of the trailer? I I am looking forward to it. I think that it looks super promising. I do like the fact that it is about thieves and it's it's not like your stereo I don't know what a stereotypical like adventure party looks like, but it's not like it it looks like it has a promising plot that's not just every other Hollywood movie that's been known to man. <laughs> and and I do like the fact that they have the humor, which, okay, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy had humor and Mar the Marvel movies are like a combination of action and humor and they did it first. But it goes along with what D&D &D is, which is cool-ass characters, cool-ass fights and combat um, and plot and storytelling with humor on the side because you know it's meant to be funny you're meant to have fun so while okay yeah marvel did it first but it it's still going along with what D, &D is yeah and like, it's I not think a just lot of it's not that, just copying right? marvel and just guardians of the galaxy you know in a, in a D, D universe because i i feel like that's just that's being unfair to the origins of D D and what D D is for a lot of people and how other a lot of people play the game. Like I mean there obviously there are people who play it very like combat oriented and maybe like more of a war gamery type situation. And but I'm what I'm used to seeing and what I see on media of how D D is portrayed, that's how a lot of D D is played. So I do love the fact that a lot of people who have 
seen this kind of D&D content can then relate, oh, this is the kind of content that I'm used to seeing D&D in, you know, and then recognize the game and its origins and, you know, that they're being truthful to the game. Yeah, and as like like a, for like a wider audience, right? Like the, the lovable yeah. rogues is a trope of a party that I've seen a lot. And like, it's not like, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, it's not the only way people play. I've played really serious ones. Like the one, like the way that I always reference it is like, are you doing like a Lord of the Rings? Like, are, do we have a MacGuffin, super serious end of the world stuff? Or is it like, oh, like kind of like critical role where it's like, ah, oh, we're going to have some fun. We're going to go to a pub, that kind of thing. And I think this is a smart decision to go with this. And I don't think it isn't um, unlike Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it definitely has those same parallels. And like you mentioned, they're not the first ones to do that, but they definitely popularized yeah. it in modern movies. Mm-hmm. That lovable rogue party. I think it's smart that it has that tone. It brings a lot of people in. And Super smart, people yeah. who like who yeah. talk shit about like Guardians of the Galaxy is fucking fun. Like that's a fun movie. <laughs> it's a good time. And it's a really yeah, good yeah. end to that type of, you know, fantasy escapism that I think is smart to go with on here. Um, I, I, I Go love ahead, the Lisa. fact that it's like this ragtag group of people who got together and they have this common goal. I mean, yes, that was also Guardians of the Galaxy because you know D&D it's, it's funny, but it's it's every D and D party. It's an adventure, you have, right? You have the dice. You think you made a kick-ass character, but you roll like shit. So you know <laughs> your character is gonna jumble up and lose shit and try to Listen. wing it and. I feel fail really at attacked things. right. I feel really attacked right now. <laughs> well, like you, you I mean, could wasn't, do the I wasn't I wasn't attacking. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't attacking you, but sure, if, if you take that personally because I you're sensitive. Also, Shardus rolls poorly. I think is part of what you did. I, I do. You're That's somehow like bad at luck. <laughs> Yeah, I like playing casters because I'm not the one rolling. Somebody else has to. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's like I, I've had new players play it, and I was like, "Do you want me to roll or do you want to roll?" Like when you go to pick a class, and they're like, "Well, like don't you roll for all of them?" I was like, "No, no, no!" Like because you play a caster, like your stuff happens, and then I tell you like how how much it affects it, but you don't get that really sweet. Oh, I rolled the d20, so I did a critical hit type thing. That's that's you know marshall so like yeah i pick or choose because you can get a lot less disappointment if you pick a casting class when it comes to fifth edition yeah i i concur anyways i I I wonder too if like i've seen this point brought up too in the movie i wonder how they're because they're they're obviously in a smart move they're not really incorporating rolling dice into this they'll probably have some sort of I can see like a scene in the background and people are rolling dice and playing a dice game. That's like a callback to the actual tabletop game. But I'm wondering if they're going to have like moments happen in game that reference like nat ones or nat twenties. Like you can very clearly see, Oh, that's a nat one or that's a nat 20. I saw some people bring that up and I'm like, I don't know how you could do that in cinema. Well, but (laughs) I, I think you definitely can. Like I think critical role, the show is one that I think is really interesting. So like, They'll set up something that's purely luck-based. It's not like a thing of skill. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this jump, and we're going to hope something's not behind the door. And then you see when they roll the one when that person's still alive and attacks them as soon as they open the door, or they they failed some sort of save. Like, you see those critical moments that could go either way. That happens in any narrative, but you're acutely aware if it's adapted from Dungeons & Dragons that that person rolled a 1 or rolled a 20, right? So we're going to see those elements of, oh, I hope they make it, and they don't. Right, you know, like they they run to jump across a gap or or something like that. Yeah. I think we're gonna see those elements where like they've got this, I mean, and then they roll the one, so they smack into the wall. You know, I would, yeah, I would call it just like the if you see like comedy of mm-hmm. them failing to do something, I would like 
yeah, it's just it it would be the comedy effect. I, my, oh, my call out is going to be oh, for that one specifically or rolling like shit exactly and then having kick-ass moments is the nat 20 equivalent exactly yeah. it's the stuff that we already see we're just going to associate it with that role like i i guarantee yeah. you we're, we're going to do this movie commentary and be like and that was a nat 20 that was a nat one uh you that know stuff like that one. that was like a 10 <laughs> but where i think they're going to get the, the references of like we already heard it in the trailer right where he references the barbarian strength they're going to get some like stat jokes there but I think you're going to get them going, well, like, what are the chances that your plan works? He's going to go something like, I don't know, one in 20. You know, something like that. Yeah. We're going to get, we're going to get, yeah. like, a few 20 yeah. ratio jokes. If it's written, if it's written smartly, if the person who's writing it is smart and knows D&D, they would do that. Because... And the team definitely does. Like, I, we've talked about their criteria before with, like, the, the screenwriters and stuff. Uh, I don't remember specific names, so I apologize. You can go to an earlier podcast. But we talked about, like, the people that are writing this, they know D&D and are taking it somewhat seriously um that's part of the issue that people have with the typhling right is like they they did tons of really good references in there that are accurate in the world they're using forgotten realms and like they're mentioning places and using them correctly they didn't just randomly call um like uh the uh, a castle baldur's gate right like no no no. they're in yeah. the city of baldur's gate it has the same layout there you see the red wizards and stuff like they're using it correctly so I think that the script, at least from that angle, is going to be good. And from the jokes that I've seen in the trailer landing, it does have that Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. And again, people can use that derogatorily, but I think that Guardians of the Galaxy is a well-written screenplay. It's, it's a very funny, you know, movie. Yeah. So if that's what they're going for, like I, I think it's going to be good. I don't think you're going to get somebody rolling an actual D20 and you're like, ah, no, it's not on no. my character sheet or some fourth wall break thing. I don't think we're going to get anything hokey like that. If we do, I won't be super mad at it. <laughs> it depends on <laughs> how it's done, right? How ridiculous it is. It, it just depends how it's done. Like, there are really hokey, awful jokes that you can put into any sort of um, media, and it just depends on, A, the delivery, and B, like, how, like, the timing, really. Like, how well it mm -hmm. molds in with everything. Is it, does it fit in with the comedy that they're doing, or is it so ridiculously <laughs> out of place that it just does not and, and like we always talk about humor is subjective so like yeah. the, the chances of, mm -hmm. of everyone being happy about it are are slim to none i mean yeah there's gonna be parts that we like that other people don't like um speaking of that though i guess i'll give my thoughts on it um i'm super duper hyped for it i have been for a while uh i love the cast i love all of the references and how good like i keep mentioning the forgotten realms i love that they're using the setting correctly um chris pine as a bard is, is is inspired i love the entire like main group and the stuff i've seen them do that fill their class essentially is really cool i don't give a fuck that the owlbears are monstrosities that's an awesome scene that transforms i love that the bard didn't know what that was that's a very bard like line it was very funny and it's a good way to drop exposition of the world that you know because not everyone's gonna know what an owl bear is mm -hmm. so it's cool that they're yeah. dropping stuff like that the mimic showing up was also really good very tropey and i think you need it in a DD movie i think that's really cool i've seen a lot of the DD movies that exist people forget there's been multiple DD movies most of them are bad if not all of them are bad um and movies that are inspired by DD that aren't as good i'm excited for all the referential stuff the tiefling thing it's a little bit weird if they choose to fix it it's as easy as like loki and thor right like somebody punches her and you see red pop up or something 
you know, and it slowly yeah. gets worse as she gets more of her demonic powers. I think that could be an element of the story. That could be bad. If that if they do that, that'd be super cool. It'd be really I cool. Is it necessary? Awesome. No, that that's such yeah. a tropey now thing when it comes to Typhlings and games. However, tropey in the games is still unseen in the movies because the movies have not been big and or good, right? So yeah, so it, it it'll be tropey to people who know D and D, but to a general yeah. audience. Not and so tropey to an audience that knows D&D could be cool to see on the screen, right? Like, yeah. even though I've seen that a million yeah. times of, like, oh, the typhling's actually demonic. Like, that might be cool to see on screen. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. We mentioned Hugh Grant. Yeah. That that was uh, inspired casting, oh. and I love that they didn't tell him shit about D and D. He did not <laughs> learn about D and D because like there's there's both right. Like you watch those Marvel castings, and there's people that are like, I went and read every issue of Moon Knight to prepare for my role, right? And then there's other people yeah. who are like, Nah, I don't know. They put the silly makeup on me, and I go have fun. And people are like, But it was awesome, right? So I'm excited <laughs> to see Hugh Grant be like, I don't know anything about Dungeons nor Dragons, but. Uh, I am there. I thought dr- dungeons were a different thing. Referencing BDSM, it's funny. It's yeah. Light-hearted. He just like keeps referencing S and M and because it's all he knows, right? In like... all his interviews. It's so great. <laughs> so I think that'll be a fun aspect of it. I love the party. I again, while it's tropey to people who have played D and D, where it's always oh, a heist gone wrong and they got to go fix it. That's an impotence for a lot of really good stories. And yeah. the fact that they're doing that there again, that Guardians of the Galaxy element of like, oh, the lovable rogues who are trying to do the right thing. I think is perfect for a movie like this to get people introduced to the Forgotten Realms. And it's a lot of, like you mentioned, uh, it allows them to have fun with it and not just be super serious and Lord of the Rings and have it be this, oh, it's an epic fantasy. It's like, nah, like sometimes in D&D people just go to a pub and burn it down. Like that's Mm -hmm. half of the adventures people play. So it's, it's still, yeah, it's still like a very good like representation of people playing D&D. So I'm excited for the whole thing. Uh, the trailer, it fixed a lot of the things I did have an issue with or I was trepidatious about. The Typhlene is probably the one element where I'm like, I hope they do something interesting. Um, explain it away. It doesn't bother me as much as it has bothered a lot of the people I've seen talk about it on the internet, it seems. Um, but but that's also me. Like, if you tell a good story, I don't care. Um, I will say the Star Trek issue is something I'm glad there is a Typhling in the group. I'm glad there is an elf in the group. I think having too many CG characters could have been an issue, right? Like, you, we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy that had two CG characters, and mm-hmm. while they ended up being fan favorites, the flip of the coin could have been, they're like, well, they looked like crap, or they were yeah. so uninteresting, or you couldn't even tell they were there with the cast, right? Which is something that happens with a lot of CG characters. It's just CG characters punching other CG characters. So I could see yeah. that element of being an issue. But like you referenced Lissa, like you have such a colorful world and char you mentioned this too why not have things like lizard folk or dragonborn mm-hmm. i hope we see that in the tertiary characters at least in the background like if they go somewhere like star wars yeah. is bad about the main cast not being aliens but they're really good about showing the the breath that is like the width of that world when it comes to mm-hmm. different races I hope we get that aspect. I hope not everyone they talk to is an elf or a dwarf or a human. I hope we see some colorful characters in there. And we have to remember this is the first movie. Hopefully they bring in more characters that do more things. And maybe the next party we get isn't just. Like, you look at uh, Star Trek Discovery, most of the main cast isn't just humans anymore. They have a lot of humans, but they've now brought in a lot of alien actors to where, like, one of the main characters in the, the, the show, he's in the credits, he is an alien. You know, so maybe we'll see that element expand. I have hope. 
uh but it is definitely um it, it's there with a little grain of salt we're like yeah they might not they might not do that there's a reason why they have michelle rodriguez as, as i think a, a human barbarian right there she mm. she's not a half orc she's not yeah. you know anything extreme i hope they do increase those elements because that's part of the fun of that world is that you have all these mm-hmm. fantasy races and you know somebody in the in the party is a dragon that's that's fucking cool right like it's part of why you play like i don't see a lot of parties at least at my table where like everyone's like oh, i'm a human unless they really want the extra feature <laughs> at level one i guess <laughs> but it doesn't happen too often so i i'm excited i think it's gonna be awesome i hope to see more of the color from that world it's cool that it's a diverse cast and they're not trying to disguise all of the minorities as as dragons and orcs and stuff because that's a problem with a lot of fantasy um, that's portrayed on the big screen. So I'm excited for that. Uh, any other thoughts from you two before we wrap this up? Um, I, I wanted I... to come out. Oh. <laughs> I, do. I also want it to come out. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just, I had a thought about, like, I would say the the link between Guardians of the Galaxy and the D&D movie, if they're similar. I think Guardians of the Galaxy was such a good movie because it has a very similar, I don't know, storyline, and it has, like, these D&D-esque themes and or styles about it and i think that's one of the reasons that it was very popular yeah like i like i'm sure like, that lovable rogue aspect right like where yeah you're, you're trying so to go I, after a MacGuffin. It, you have you're the anti-heroes saying, that kind of thing yeah so instead of saying like oh they're making another guardians of the galaxy movie i i would claim otherwise i'd say guardians of the galaxy was such a good movie because it is it has so many similarities to like a typical D D game that we see on like media. And that's why when you see the D D movie, you're like, oh, that reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy, because yeah, they have similarities, but I wouldn't say that they're necessarily copying each other. They have similar you know? themes and ideas, and that's why or that's maybe those are like something that makes a good movie. Those are themes or motifs. Hey, that, or that's closer to that. what I would agree with is like, no, 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 yeah. it's a good movie because it's a good movie. And people who get mad when like these movies aren't super serious, like those, those people that are like, oh, like there's just too many jokes. It's just like Marvel. I'm like, well, don't watch it then. Like if you want to watch a super serious yeah. movie, go watch Batman versus Superman. And go enjoy that. Yeah. We're not taking away from that. I like my Marvel movies to make me laugh sometimes. And I like my D&D movies to make me laugh sometimes. And Guardians of the Galaxy isn't a good movie just because it's funny. You know? It's a good movie because it has a little yeah. bit of everything. And like mm-hmm. you're saying, like that has a lot of elements from D&D. And I agree. And I think that I mean, having it have those elements is going to make it mass appeal. Like, like people are going to flock to this because they're like, oh, it's also funny. Like, you don't have to be a nerd. Like, you don't have to like dragons. It's a fucking fun movie. And that's going to make us happy. And it's going to make a lot of other people happy, which means we're going to get more Dungeons and Dragons movies, which makes me extremely happy. Mm-hmm. I also think now that you both pointed that out that i have seen this is way back in ye old days of when i was still on tumblr Ooh, um, I tumblr stories stories from something. the tumblr tumblr stories from the tumbles um 
I remember seeing on Tumblr around the time when Guardians of the Galaxy came out that people were legitimately comparing Guardians of the Galaxy to a D&D party. Because like, that, that, that role slash class based like storytelling. Yeah, or, you like got they're the bruiser, just like Guardians the, of the yeah. Galaxy. Exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy is every D and D party is basically what they mm-hmm. were saying. You have you have the rogue, you have X Y Z, like you have everything. And I'm I'm that unlocked like a core memory when you guys made that comparison. I'm like, oh yeah, no, people have been making the comparison to Guardians of the Galaxy to D and D for a while. But it's, but it's any it's screenplay like, that has that class based distinction because that's what D and D is. Like you look at any heist movie, you got the tech guy, you got the the face, you got the um bruiser you got the mastermind you know etc and so forth like it it has those D elements but D also takes those elements from those you know it's it, it's not as disjointed as people want to think they just don't a lot of people who who like D don't love movies and vice versa there isn't always that venn diagram that there is for us so it makes a lot of sense to make those comparisons to something like that so when people are like, oh, like it has to be one or the other, it's like, no, like, like you mentioned th- this comparison has been there for the entire time. Like I, yeah, the whole, you, the whole time it's been around. Why do people have to be so mad if something is like something else? Like it sometimes the most original idea is bad. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get it. I do get it because I think we're also, I mean, I don't want to get too off topic because I know we're almost out of time, but I think it's worth mentioning that people are experiencing um, sequel and reboot fatigue. Mm-hmm. So we're in a, we're in an era of media where everything from TV shows to movies are either sequels or reboots or some combination or like franchises like Marvel People are desperate for original content. Every person I talk to and I bring when this subject is brought up comes to the same conclusion of we just want new stories. And that is completely valid. So I don't know if people's criticisms are coming from that. Like, hey, we don't want another Guardians of the Galaxy. We just want a new, fresh movie. And I, I think this is going to be a new, fresh movie, you know, being an optimist about it. But I think maybe some people's criticisms of it not quote not having original ideas might come from that like i i also feel this i think i hate that most movies that come out now are just sequels or franchises it drives me nuts but i I disagree that most movies are i think those are the ones that people hear about like you look at anything from a24 right yeah they're blockbusters yeah but yeah, like no, but anything of those yeah the blockbusters are that but that's kind of always been the way that blockbusters are like people who who like get mad about it i i go well there's tons of movies that come out every year that are unrelated to marvel unrelated to the blockbuster franchises that are just as good and valid and people can go see them both can exist and both do exist i think people get frustrated that they don't get that same type of recognition you know, and yeah. I, and I can they understand that. They don't have as that. much marketing. They don't have as much money, and they also don't have as much screen time. Like A twenty four movies, yeah, they're in theaters, but they're not as long in theaters as they are like Marvel movies are in theaters for months. Right, A24 but movies are there for one month. But when you have like Martin Scorsese going, oh, they're ruining cinema, and then you have people going like, well, I think Green Knight was the best movie of last year. Though both can be true, I guess, but I don't think they are. Like, I think that you can like those movies and want more of those, and people can also go like going to see Marvel movies. 
that's like saying, oh, like everyone's eating bacon cheese, uh, you know, cheeseburgers. So I can't go to a single place without saying, oh, I don't want bacon on my cheeseburger. Like, no, you can. And there are plenty of places you can go to get your, your cheeseburger without bacon. They're not ruining it for everybody else. And the people that are like hungry for more original content, go watch that original content. Like, you don't have to yuck somebody else's yum to find something that you like, you know? I mean that's true, but there's also like I could go on about this. There's yeah, no, it's a fun, the, it's a good conversation. Like this, yeah, like, no, 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 it's a good know, conversation no to have because it's like it's mostly just because the whole like studios who have the most amount of money they're making these movies because they make money and they're throwing all their money at it and they're throwing all their marketing at it so that some people just genuinely I think don't know that uh, I mean they know that the movies and TV shows exist, mm -hmm. but because they aren't being pushed that content by ads or anything. They just fade into the background, and it's just a systemic problem in Hollywood. But they're still being made, right? Like, like they are. mentioned Green Knight. But Green Knight didn't not get made, right? It's it was it wasn't it wasn't Marvel big, but they still made the movie. You, Green and, Knight is also not original. No, so. I agree, but like, but it's still like it's a you know it's an art house film. It's doing a lot of things that you wouldn't see in those. So I can use a different example. I don't know. Uh, what, what give me a movie that that was uh awesome that you're worried you're not going to get more of because of marvel a movie like of the last like 10 years sure yeah just pick one that you're like this is an art house film that you're worried is going to disappear because everyone goes and sees um, Captain i'm America. not super into art house films in general but one movie that i is one of my favorites if not my favorite movie that's not animated or about mm -hmm. to the future is um about time Okay, about time. I okay. Love the movie about time. Let me. I don't know if I know it off the top of my head. It's it's like a slice of life sci-fi film about oh, time travel, but it's yes, about yeah. relationships. More I haven't seen that one. I've heard really really good things, and um, do you recommend? Great yeah, movie. It, it looked good. Uh, Rachel McAdams cannot escape time stuff. Um, no, she cannot. <laughs> uh, I haven't saw that's such a trope. But the thing is, like with those. That movie's still going to exist. Is it going to become a franchise? No, but I'd argue even if everybody no, saw it, God. they wouldn't make a, a second one anyways. Those movies are still getting made. Like, it's not that it's not that old. It came out in 2013. I guess that is kind of old now. That's think old. About it. It's yeah. almost 10 years it's old. It's almost too, 10 years right? old, yeah. But there's still been lots of movies <laughs> that get made like that. Like, again, all of A24, like, in, like some, something like Hereditary accessible? or The Witch or are they what? Are they accessible Yes. Because like just because just because they don't because play it's in not every marketed theater. and it's not in your social media it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The, right. The fact of like the I think it's more of a problem of what movies people want to see. Like you scroll through Netflix and you look at all the movies that there are. If you've recognized something that you've seen an ad from, are you more likely to click on it if, if it's like a blockbuster? Probably yes because they made so and so money because it was popular or broadcast by you know every news news company mm -hmm. in the world because it was a big hit but are you going to watch you know some movie that may or may not have been shown at the Sundance Festival because you didn't go to the Sundance Festival and you don't give a shit about you know like indie films if you're not in the film industry, probably not. It it has a picture. It looks like it's uh, one genre. But if it's not your genre, are you going to click and watch it? Probably not. But you can you still find it. that if you want that, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's there. It's the, it exists there, but you are less likely to click on it because, again, they don't have the budget to market it or 
they're not being shown by you know like news media sources or or whatever but like i i feel like the content is there but it's so saturated that people don't know what good content is and the way that netflix and these other like media on demand shows maybe show the content or like categorize it i don't know it, there's a problem with the system rather mm -hmm. than a lack of good oh, movies 100%. existing yeah it but, is uh, yeah, yeah it's a hundred percent a systemic problem it is not yeah. like the movies are not being made that original scripts are not being written it is that there's a systemic problem in like how movies are made i could go on about and it, yeah and yeah, i, I can agree with that, that there might be like the <laughs> lack of like marketing breath right when it comes to everybody hearing about those but i just i i i disagree with the idea that we don't get these awesome independent new original ideas because captain america is being made for the fourth time no i, I think i i think that they they exist but there's it the market is just so oversaturated because everyone and their mother has a film camera and can make indie movies and there's so many people now who are making movies and posting them they're on but they're on different places so you have stuff on youtube you have stuff on like i don't know in different places they're on hulu and they're like you have to you have a paywall they're behind paywalls and stuff like that so in a way yes there's a lot of content is it accessible to everyone no Right, and because I can, I can not agree with that. Not everything is yeah. in movie theaters if you don't have the budget to show it in movie theaters. Yeah, I just, like, when people get mad that there's there's more sequelitis, like, you don't you don't have to watch those movies, and I don't agree with the fact that the, because those movies are getting made, we're not getting original ideas. Like, I, I, I don't read a lot of superhero comics these days, and there's less money and jobs to go around when, into comic books because they're either Marvel or DC or or they don't exist right like that's that's how it works mm -hmm. but i still get tons of independent comics i, I still because that's something i want to find i don't just want to read about spider-man i want to read about some other character that's completely new and original i go and seek and find that out and can find it for myself and i'm not mad that superhero comics exist would i get more of those independent comics sure so i guess there's there's that but it doesn't mean that it's superhero comics fault <laughs> you know like yeah. in because people like bacon cheeseburgers, I'm not mad that there's way more burger places around me than falafel, even though I would love if there was multiple falafel restaurants and there's only one, which is fine, but they're expensive. Uh, like, it's just the idea that we always have to like blame the thing that's successful on why the other things are not successful, I no. think is unfair and it unnecessary right like i i like captain america so i'm biased right i'm excited that i get all these marvel movies but when people go oh, it's ruined cinema that's like you're wrong there's no, still really good yeah, movies no. and you can still watch Martin those Scorsese and, can suck it right and but like, <laughs> like and i think wrong. it's i i understand when people are mad about that that's like it's like when people are saying like oh like oh the only true stories are like the classics it's like well i disagree no, and so when you get into this mentality of oh it's so it's super saturated it's like for who by whom because you don't like it because so it's super saturated to you i like it and i know a lot of people like me that like it so you're telling me i'm wrong for liking it because it's subjective so i just think there's more nuance there like you mentioned like no, no there I'm is an aspect of losing like marketing so people don't see those so they don't get the same due i get that right 
Uh, but when people are mad that they exist because it means something else they like doesn't exist, I disagree with that. It's like, no, 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 get that out of here. You can still go watch Green Knight, <laughs> and you can go watch About Time. It's on HBO. Still not original. It's all right. It's not. It's on Stars. <laughs> no, it's not original, but that's that's neither here nor there when it comes to fully original. There's no such thing as a completely original idea. So. No, there's, yeah. we could get into yeah. another discussion. Exactly, yeah. The, no the, there's, there's 11 there types no of stories. There's no such thing as original. Right. But I do, but when it comes to adaptations, a- adapting a classic, like, you know, prose poem yeah. um, from, like, Arthurian sure. mythology versus okay. adapting the Captain America crossover that came out last year, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. still, like, I, it's a good conversation. And I'm glad that we don't all just, like, agree wholeheartedly, too. It, it makes fascinating. Because sometimes when we all disagree like super hard people are like annoyed because it sounds like we're fighting which we're not and then when we all agree there's no good conversation because we're just like yep and we giggle yeah, and go on to the next a happy thing medium. So, yeah exactly um but with that we're gonna wrap it up here no post show this week because you got an extra 25 minutes of us talking about marvel movies so you're welcome uh, <laughs> if you like this you can check out our patreon patreon.com slash campy kill creations you get early content bonus content over there you can check out all the other shows on our network if you head over to campy we have comic books over there we have other podcasts over there and speaking of other podcasts char where can the people on the internet find you people on the internet can find me as one of the hosts of the slovenly trolls podcast and i run the slovenly trolls twitter uh at slovenly trolls yay Melissa, <laughs> <laughs> where can the people find you i am the voice of the slovenly trolls introduction therefore i am very important and you should definitely listen to our podcast uh we're so much better than writing the feels <laughs> oh shit oh shit well speaking of right in the fields i host that podcast as well as this one uh, over on wherever podcasts can be found right in the fields we talk about lots of nostalgia stuff so if you hear me talking about old movies on here and you go hmm i want to hear him say more old things you can hear me talk about shit like tamagotchis and digimon and other 90s nostalgia over on right in the fields i also write comic books if you want to hear more about that you can find it on the website or at resident steve on twitter I also do stuff on the uh, at Cave Trolls Pod at uh, Right in the Fields something is our Twitter. It's fine. You can find it all over <laughs> on our website. I don't tweet a lot on there. They're not missing a lot. Can't be killed creations on like everything. So you'll, you'll find us. It's okay. You're not missing out on anything. I do have several comic book projects to announce, but they're being fought over right now. And by fought over, I'm, I'm begging people to publish them. So we'll see. Uh, so if, you, if you're excited about any more content that way but also when it comes to content Shar's been doing these awesome rewrites over on our Patreon and we're going to bundle those up and sell those soon so if you enjoy the lore, enjoyed the lore rewrites or want lore rewrites and haven't been able to get them because you're not on our Patreon those will be for sale soon on places like Drive Through RPG and Dungeon Master's Guide and a couple other websites Shar, do you have anything to plug for the lore rewrites? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on the next one. That's all I got. Last month's <laughs> was Elstray. Um, you, we have a bundle of three gods that that Char three wrote Three goddesses, about. yeah. Um, so you can check that out with some fun artwork from me and uh, some interesting notes from tons of people all over the internet. 
and edits. So it's been a group operation. They're fun. They're way less problematic than most things that are in D and D, which is partly the selling point. Uh, the the whole reason why they're being rewritten is some of the lore sucks. Let's be honest. Uh, so you can check that out on our Patreon again, patreon.com slash can't be killed creations. This has been the cave trolls and we are out. Okay. That's the podcast. <laughs> now comes that special time of the podcast where we thank our Patreon producers. This month we have the Trellbot themselves, the Highlander, Chantrell Every. Thank you so much, Chantrell, for everything you do, especially monetarily. You keep the lights on, the mic's going. I just want to say thank you again from the whole network. You are our Patreon producer and the Highlander. There can be only one Chantrell. Next up for the Patreon producers, we have Jeremy Raymond. Jeremy is a newcomer, and I want to say thank you, Jeremy. It's okay that you're late to the party. It's okay that you're new. You are welcome here, especially because you wrote us a check. So, you know, you know, have at it. You're welcome to our snacks. You're welcome to the fridge. I think I saw a dog running around in the background. You know, you can go pet the dog, take it with you, whatever you want. Because, again, you paid to be here. You are a producer of the show. You keep the lights on. You keep the mics rolling. Um, you probably paid for something else that's around here that I'm unsure of. So I'm just going to say thank you again for the 10,000th time. Thank you, Jeremy Raymond. Next up are the rest of the Patreon supporters. We have Dread Ninja, Freen, Christopher Moreno Stoko, Russ Lazetsky, Tony Latonin, Becca Malema, Jordan McClanson, Nick Andrewson, Dungeon Master Rick, Hammer of the Gods, Nathan T. Wilson, Antonio Kasner, Ryan Sheldon, Scott Williams, Matt Dunn, Kim Winson. Thank you so much for your support. Have a lovely evening. Good luck and Godspeed.